Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. One of the goals of merging with or acquiring a company is to buy more quickly what could otherwise be built. Thus, speed to productivity, including sales enablement, is key as is retaining as many key employees as possible. To do this, there needs to be a seamless transition for both the acquiring company as well as the company being acquired. While there are many aspects of a successful M&A, we're going to focus on the relationship uh, between culture, technology, and employee experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Josh Olson, Head of Experience Solutions Sales America's VMware. First, uh, Josh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do at VMware? You bet, Greg, and thanks for having me. Um, So at VMware, what we're focused on is helping our customers and their employees to have a wonderful experience because we understand there's this direct connection between the customer experience and employee experience. So our whole goal is to help our customers have delightful employee experiences that will help them both with their employee retention and other HR type of goals, but also with their sales and revenue goals. And why is technology such a key part of this? Um, We're in kind of very interesting times where technology can really help transform roles within HR and for different types of line of business like sales. These roles have always been remote, if you will. But the idea to have a remote first, cloud first, mobile first kind of mentality on when you're designing these kind of technologies really transforms what you're able to make that role into. Right, I can think differently on how to help somebody with that role. I can anticipate what that role needs to do, when it needs to do it. And because of that, I can do what we've done on the consumer side for a long time is this next best action type of uh, controls. Well, what if I could do that for the employee in a digital way to help them do their job? That's actually what we're all about. So what are the some of the technology platforms and, and tools that VMware offers to improve the employee experience? So... At VMware, we leverage, uh, both internally and with our customers, we leverage something called Workspace ONE. And we also have Horizon and a number of other tools in the uh, what we call end-user computing division of VMware. And with the Workspace ONE, it's really this concept of putting all of your technology and all of your workflows and all of your applications and content in one centralized, easy-to-consume location with what we call single sign-on and all of the security elements that the company needs, but then all of the privacy and things that the uh, and ease of use that the employee needs. And so by centralizing it all, we can actually both make it easier to consume, but also um, make it easier for on IT, frankly, because they have less systems and tools to, uh, for example, can, you, can the CISO give a straight answer to the question, are all the endpoints secure, yes or no? Well, in our world, yes, you can, because all of that is centralized, right? But that also means that now we can actually architect different ways of interacting, and we can leverage things like bring your own device, and we can 
give somebody access to something that may be a deskless worker that doesn't even have a PC? How do you communicate to that person and how do you engage with them, right? That's what we're all about. We're able to be able to connect those dots. So, I mean, with with Workspace ONE and, and your tools, it sounds like you're you're enabling employees to use not only the existing things that a company may offer, but actually expand the offerings that they could. Is that is that safe to say? Yes, it is. And one of the things we, we also look at is, you know, it's one thing to give an employee access, single sign-on to 30 applications to do their job, right? That's great. It's better than what they had before instead of logging in 30 times, right? That's cumbersome right. And, and, and painful, <laughs> especially on a mobile phone, right? But if you can make that easy with single sign-on, that's great. But we looked at that and we said, that's, that's good. To make it really great, what you want to do is you want to understand the workflows and do what we call mobile flows and understand the connections between the apps and understand the, the employee holistically with human-centered design. So now I can anticipate what they need to do. So now as they're working on something, instead of having to log into different applications to do a simple approval as a manager, I get the pop-up. It says, hey, so-and-so needs an approval. Maybe it's a deal approval for sales or it's an expense report approval. I can very quickly approve or deny and move on with my day. I didn't get disrupted from my creative time because as humans, we're all meant to be creative. And I'm trying to maximize the creative time to create the innovation that we need in companies to grow the companies. But at the same time, I do need all of these kind of, uh, if you think about the regulatory and other things that we need to be able to do, we do need to have, you know, all of those kind of approvals done as well, right? And so how do we yeah. take those mundane tasks, the TPS reports, if you remember that movie, right? <laughs> how do we take that stuff and make it easy to consume and make it so easy that it's just um, something that flows through the organization uh, very effortlessly and gets done what it needs to get done but doesn't inhibit the employee. I'll give you a quick example within VMware. We had this compliance report that we all had to do for uh, SOX compliance. And we would send this out. It would be a link that somebody has to get to. It's a VPN link. It it's secured, right? So if you think about that, that kind of user experience has to be, I've got to be on a PC. I've got a VPN in. I've got to launch a browser. I've got to go to a specific URL and then type in and go through that process to uh, authorize and certify, right? Yeah. That all takes time. It took a full-time equivalent from our perspective to follow up with everybody globally with all of our 30,000 employees, right? To sit there at the end of every quarter to make sure that this was being done. And, and if you didn't fill it out, I needed to go to your manager and then your manager's manager to make sure you fill it out and turns out you're on vacation and how do we get a hold of you and all that stuff, right? Right. What we did is we moved it to a mobile platform. And by doing that, we're compliant globally within about two days now. So we went from two weeks at the end of every quarter to two days. Wow. The productivity gain on that one little teeny mundane thing is massive. And now if you yeah. go through everything, right, this is, that's the concept. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, that's, that's so powerful. I mean, at Cravity, we look at a lot of different aspects of employee experience and everything from the behavioral side to... Uh, you know, what you're talking about, which are, you know, platforms, environments, and productivity, and, and all of those things. So while there's a huge component on the behavioral side, it's, it, it's really, there's such a big part where if you can make employees more productive, and I think to your point, have them focus on what they're actually, um, what their job is versus filing the TPS reports, and, you know, you <laughs> right make on. those TPS reports, a simple seamless process and all of a sudden you know not only are people more productive but 
when they're more productive, they're more happy and they stay longer and, and so on and so forth. So yeah, no, that's, that, that, that sounds like, and a I'd say platform. there's, there's, there's this hidden benefit to it as well. So not only, you know, we started off saying, hey, let's do this because it's making people more productive. The hidden benefit is we're finding that, especially in these times um, where right now we're, we're all globally challenged with the coronavirus challenges and yeah. uh, remote work and everything else is top of mind. That's one of the things that for us, we didn't skip a beat really, right? Because we had all these yeah. technologies in place to be able to very easily Everybody work from home. We have all these uh, platforms and everything set up, ready to go to the point where actually we're offering these to customers to help customers quickly um, uh, ingest users and be able to expand that to their broader populations, right? But the idea here is we didn't have to skip a beat. We literally went, uh, I'll tell you, we, we on a Friday found out that um, we were going to go uh, to this kind of shelter in place kind of scenario. And that was before the Monday when we were all going to have a big sales conference. We pivoted, yeah. and by Monday, we had the entire sales conference online, virtual, and everybody uh, was able to uh, collaborate that way. Wow! Wow! No, that's a yeah. That's not only is that a big shift, you know, as large as as the organization is, but um, how quick that it was able to happen. That's that's a that's a great uh, that's a great uh, success story there. And I would imagine yeah, I there's a number yeah. of folks that work through the weekend to make that happen too. <laughs> <laughs> there's that, there's that, <laughs> but yeah, I would imagine you're getting a lot of requests at this point for, um, for those types of shifts with the coronavirus and, and just, I, I would imagine also that, you know, it's, it's tough to predict exactly what's going to happen, but I don't remote work wasn't going away. Uh, in the first place, it was it was only increasing. But I mean, are you? I, I would imagine you're you're seeing a, a huge demand for uh, remote strategies and, and stuff like that as well. Correct. Correct, and actually, I'm seeing more of it. So, there's some cases where we're embedded in certain um, remote uh, medical scenarios. So, so, like you have um, solutions that are out there where you have medical devices that have a monitoring system. And so we're embedded in that monitoring system. And those sol solutions now are actually looking to um, adapt this broader kind of almost like employee experience, but it's patient experience and saying, yeah. how can a doctor remotely communicate to this person now that has to stay at home, yet they still need this remote care, right? This telehealth kind of concept. So we're yeah. actually able to help them with that as well. And by integrating that with the doctor's employee experience from the healthcare provider perspective, right, now all of a sudden you have this ability then to have, you know, IoT-based smart in-home healthcare types of things with, you know, um, different things that may have, um, you may have different uh, scales or, you know, food monitoring things that you're doing with, with the patient in their home to understand yeah. what's going on with the health of the patient. And all of that stuff can then be fed into like a tablet or something where they can actually see their own progress of what's going on, but also that's shared securely with their doctor. The doctor can then share information and go, by the way, I understand what's what's going on here. Here's an article or a, you know, American Lung Association article on this is what's happening, right? And they can directly interact with that uh, uh, patient and help them have better care even remotely. Wow. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit here and talk about the other thing we wanted to touch on today, which was uh, mergers and acquisitions. So let's talk about technology's role in enabling the success of M&A. What are the uh, primary technology considerations an organization needs to take into account uh, during this process? And how do you measure success from a, in, in an M&A from a technology standpoint? 
Boy, that's not a big question, is it? <laughs> right. <laughs> I try. I try. There you go. Right. Great question, though. But um, when you think about when you're doing M and A, right? There's some big things that all companies think about. So if I'm a CIO of a big company and I'm buying a company, and how do I integrate them? Some of the things that are immediately top of mind are going to be how do I close the books at the end of the first quarter after the merger? So to do that, I've got to integrate all of the financial systems. So I look at these back office systems and go, wow, what do I do? How do I get them all to you know, close the books on the same date if they weren't before? How do I you know, get all the fiscal calendars lined up? But then I look at what do I, all of that work that I have to do on the back office systems to integrate all these uh, tools that you might be leveraging, right, as the two different companies come together. Yeah. That's kind of from a technology perspective how most companies look at it. I think there needs to be, even before that, you have to think about the experience and go, what's it like to be that sales rep that now all of a sudden has two different you know, bags of goods to go sell and two different platforms to interact with? And in some companies' case, they're like, well, I don't really know how to do that right now. We're going to do this merger of the financial book system first, and we'll get to the employee's experience later. So right now, you know, here's two laptops so you can order it one way versus the other way because the networks we haven't integrated yet or all of that stuff. I think companies need to start thinking about it holistically and think, actually, the number one failure in mergers is a culture problem, right? So you think yeah. about that for a second. And the way you mitigate the kind of culture challenges is through communications, right? It's yeah. the poor employee that's at the end of this going, are you kidding me? I got to lug around two laptops to try and th you know, do this thing. And now I go meet with a customer and they're having a problem with product A. I got to pull up the one laptop, you know, report some problem issue. And then I go to, go to the other one and say, hey, customer, by the way, I'm here to talk about product B. All of that, right? There's a mess. That's yeah. what causes people to leave. And if you think about an M&A, I'm actually buying the company for their intellectual property, maybe some of the uh, you know efficiencies that they've gained through production or their sales channels. How do I actually maintain that if I can't maintain the employees? Right, That's a right. big problem. Right. And so if you kind of think about this and say, well, what if I could give them a digital workspace that had everything they needed in it, all of their legacy applications, as well as their new applications in this unified digital workspace? And that digital workspace can be on whichever device they need. So their, their existing laptop or maybe this, uh, a new one or a tablet or a phone or whatever they need to be effective, it's already there. That's yeah. the thing that's, uh, um, I think, very powerful for a lot of companies that they don't necessarily think about up front. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, the the reason why you buy versus build is is speed to productivity in the first place. And so, you know, you go through this this acquisition, and then you spend all this time integrating systems. And what have you truly gained if if you're everybody's sitting and, and kind of waiting on on systems to be merged and or and or one chosen over the other and all that? So yeah, I mean, to totally agree with that. And you also touched on something there. You're waiting. Right. So as the employee, you're sitting there waiting, going, I don't know what's going on. Are they going to get rid of this system or that system? I don't know. Are they getting rid of my role or that other role? There's right. all that confusion that leads to stress that leads to people leaving the company. Right. So yeah. if we can mitigate that through better communication, we, we've solved a lot of problems. Right. And made it much more efficient and better time to value of the actual acquisition. So one of the ways we can do that was with Workspace One, we can actually do a bring your own device scenario. So if you think about it, I can actually push this to all of the devices of company B. So if I'm company A and I'm buying company B, I can push them a digital workspace 
Right now, it doesn't have any of the applications and things in it, but it's just simply a communications tool to a secured portal where I can tell them what's going on that's based off of, you know, communications that my lawyers, my, my, my legal team has vetted that I can communicate to this new entity, right? Yeah. So upon announcement of the deal, I could actually give them this digital workspace and start to set expectations, start to walk them through, here's what's happening on the deal timeline. And by the way, we've just closed the deal. Here's application number one. Here's how you sign up for your HR benefits for the new company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can just gradually bring them on board, continuously talking to them and communicating them as a human instead of just some robot that you're going to turn the light switch on and it's going to work. <laughs> right. 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 A human, you, you've got to communicate to the human so that they know what's going on. They're smart. Right. Right. <laughs> right. On a light switch and an appliance going, hey, go to work, you know. Exactly. Yeah. On, on paper, it would seem as if, you know, there would be instant productivity, but in, in reality, there's, there's a, there's a lot of steps. And, and I totally agree with the, the culture comment too, is, I mean, you know, we see that so much at, at Cravity is there are obviously a lot of details to be worked out, but uh, if you don't understand, first of all, what the cultures are, and then understand how one maps to another you're not going to have that long-term success. And then, you know, whether it's on the front end with speed to productivity or on the back end with uh, retention or, or lack thereof, uh, you know, what's, again, what's the point of the M&A if, if you lose one or the other or both? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's a great point there too. If you think about like M&A, if say I buy a 10,000 uh, person company, it's really, I'm doing onboarding, like an HR onboarding, but I'm doing it 10,000 people at once. Right. So I have to have the systems and tools in place that are scalable and flexible that can be able to do that very quickly and efficiently, right? So that's again yeah. where we get back to this idea of this digital workspace that can very quickly scale. And right now we're scaling to millions, right? So it's not a big deal because we, yeah. we've got that architecture that's scalable. That's the kind of thing that I think a lot of companies don't necessarily think about up front. But again, back to that productivity side, you, it gives you, from an IT perspective, time to integrate all the networks and the systems on the back end while you get the productivity day one. So, Josh, uh, talk a little bit about the, how the M&A process begins from a technology standpoint. Yeah, so when you're doing M&A, there's this discovery phase, right? So you have this concept of a clean room. And what that is is you have company A and company B. They both share information. But only certain people from each company can see that because, again, you don't know that this M&A is going to go through or get approved and you ha may have uh, competitive information that you don't want shared broadly. So what you do is you share that information in a clean room environment kind of area. So it's this walled off area. And then what happens is there's tools like Horizon where we can actually offer you know virtual desktops or virtual access to this uh, clean room. And what that allows folks to do is very quickly gain access to it from that perspective. And then once the merger gets approved, then they go through, they can kind of shut that down and move towards, you know, how do we actually start integrating these companies? And the first thing you start to do is you start to say, well, I got to give access across these different security. You have completely different networks and everything else that you're dealing with. So to give access to the employees from company A to company B and B to A, how do you actually do that? And so what we yeah. do is we actually can leverage again, that same kind of virtual desktop perspective and give these digital workspaces cross access, cross domain access to very quickly get up and running, sharing information and being able to kind of get things moving, both from an IT perspective, but also all these other systems. So now 
initially it's IT led and you say, okay, well, hey, let's give access to these different IT stakeholders so they can make these applications available and how are they going to work through thinking through how to actually start to make some of these integrations. But likewise, you can do that again, day one with all of your sales resources, marketing resources and others to also give them access to their you know, uh, respective uh, other companies uh, access to applications and data and other stuff as you start to go through that merger more efficiently. Let's talk a little bit now about how HR and IT working together uh, makes this all successful as well. So um, in in your work, I would imagine, you know, there's there's certainly an IT component, but HR, when we talk about employee experience is is so, uh, you know, is so key to the both short term and, and long term success. So, you know, how how does this what's an optimal situation there as far as how those two teams would work together and how do you know how would you explain the benefits of those two teams working more closely together well uh, yeah there's a couple of things i wanted to comment on this so first off we did a study uh, globally and found out that it ranges a little bit by region of the world. So from Asia Pac to EMEA to Americas, it's a little bit slightly different, but it ranges between 70 and 80% of the time. The employees look to HR to fix employee experience. They don't look to IT to fix it. Yet, mm-hmm. if you look at the employees' demographics, it's massively shifting from boomers and silent generation to Gen Z and millennial so digital natives, if you will, they're mm. automatically moving to that type of framework. So they're expecting their experience to be digital. That's It's, it's, it's always right. been digital for them, right? They know what great looks like because that's the great customer experience that they've grown up with. So they're expecting that within the building, uh, within the company. So when you start to look at that from who should help HR and IT, they have to collaborate. HR has to say, well, here's the actual you know, uh, requirements. HR has to come up with the requirements by interviewing the employees and going, hey, what do you expect? What's great look like? How do we make it? And and it's not just interviewing, it's getting proactive and going, you know what? We know what great looks, what great should look like. We, yeah. we know what an, an Uber and a Lyft looks like because Uber and Lyft, what they've done in the taxi realm, if you will, is they thought through the customer experience and they go, well, when I sit there and I wait for a taxi, Boy, that that's that that's no fun, right? And I never know when it's going to be there. All that stuff. They took away all that guesswork by giving you a moving map that says, "Hey, this is where the where the Uber drivers at or Lyft driver, and this is when they're going to get there. Here's their ETA, right?" Yeah. They also then took all the guesswork out of the procurement and the, the all of the other um, the types of things that were painful in that experience, and they just made it easy. Do the same thing from an HR perspective and map that out. Come up with a framework and a flow diagram. Like this is what we do today. And then this is what we would view as an optimal experience. Get those two things mapped out. And then you can take that optimal experience and take it to IT and have them map to technologies. And how do I make this expressed in a digital workspace to make it empower and empower empower the employee and make it impactful? Yeah. And that's I think that's a great that's a great way to kind of forge that that alliance, so to speak, or, or, or partnerships, because uh, I, I know in my experience, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, there are some organizations that get it, um, and HR and IT are working together. And there are those where um, they may pass each other in the hallways or, um, or something like that. But um, there, there isn't that close relationship. Any other thoughts or ideas on, 
you know, how do you get started with, with forging that, that relationship and, and stuff yeah. like that? So one of the things that comes to mind is, yeah, I know you talk about it quite a bit is the center of experience. Yeah. I think yeah. companies need to think about that, understand what that means. Like both within the four walls of the company and beyond it, when you're talking to customers and yeah. figure out what those experiences should be. Right. Yeah. If yeah. you start thinking about, uh, I'll give you a quick example, you know, Panera Bread, big retail chain, right? They did a great job. Their customer experience, I think, is fantastic. They built a mobile application where you can order everything from sitting at the table and their food just gets delivered to you. They went through and did a brilliant job thinking through all of that. Likewise, though, they had to think through, okay, what's the impact on the employees? Because now all of a sudden I have this uh, role of a runner, right? Somebody that's going to run the food out to you. We yeah. didn't have that role before, right? If you think about the old way they did it, you had to go pick up your food yourself. So now you're going to have this difference and change of the employee experience. How do I notify people? What do I do? How do I get those kind of systems in, engaged from the employee experience? So this idea of a center that brings in probably aspects of a, a chief marketing officer, for example, bring in those aspects, bring in the HR aspects, the IT aspects. So I've got CIO, CMO, CHRO, but also then bring in folks like real estate. There's a number of times where the real estate you know, depending on the buildings and things like that that you're interacting with, you, what if you had this digital workspace that had, you know, a, a digitally expressed badge system, right? Where now yeah. I can use a digital badge to get into the building, which makes it easier. But also because of that, now I know I've got, you know, 13 employees in building A and 15 employees in building B, and there's some disaster. I can then, ex you know, very quickly communicate and push a notification to those employees employees that could be impacted. But better still, I know where to send the authorities to help rescue those people. Should there be some yeah. sort of issue, you know, flood or whatever it happened, fire or whatever it happens to be, I can focus the resources and minimize the impact. Right. Those are kind of yeah. things that I really think if you get this center of experience, truthfully putting a human and centered design, like put the human in the center and start thinking about all the aspects of what it's like to be that employee. I think yeah. then you get really rich ideas. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And and I think the that that center of experience also highlights the other thing you mentioned with with Panera, which is you can't have good customer experience without good employee experience. Those things are so, you know, they're they're so linked with one another and that's that's what I refer to and Cravity refers to as a brand experience. Um sure. and just so yeah, you can't have one without the other and and so it's it's great when there's examples of that out in the world that that we can highlight and and uh, it's one of those things where consumers know it when they see it as well. Well, and Greg, I, I'd add like because of Indeed and Glassdoor and these other tools, employees know it. And so we did a yeah. survey, by the way, globally that said 73% of the time um, people won't apply or accept a position if they find out that the technology that they need to work with is subpar, right? Because mm. they view it as a career limiting move, right? I can't be my best employee if the tools given to me, don't let me be my best employee. So I'm not going to get the pay raises and promotions that I'm expecting. So it's a career limiting move for me to go to that company. <clears throat> so what they yeah. do then is they kind of get this, they'll look first on Glassdoor and Indeed and these other tools to get an idea of what's it like? What's it like behind the four walls of that company? And sometimes they won't even apply. So think about yeah. that from an HR perspective. You can't even figure out the, there, there's this whole concept of ghosting. That's people that applied, but then somehow don't finish the process. That's bad. What's worse, right. they don't even apply, 
right? That's right. a scary thing. And that's back to your brand experience. That's exactly what that is, right? You've got to have this stellar brand that says, we're not only great to our customers, we're great to our employees too. And ultimately, that shines across every everybody, right? And they get it, right? Who wants to fly on an airline where they're being, yeah, you know, you've got a subpar uh, pilot experience. Nobody right. wants to do that, right? Or right, have a doctor right. that has a subpar experience, right? You're like, no, no, I want to pick the best experience, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, so for for HR professionals, HR technologists, you touched on a few things already, I know, but what should they be looking at as far as, you know, come, things coming on the horizon? I know you've talked um, quite a bit about the shift in budget uh, you know, tech budgets from, you know, the, the, the technology department to, um, to HR and, and things like that. But, you know, what, what should they be keeping an eye out for as, as, as things kind of progress here? Yeah. So roughly two thirds of technology spending now is outside of IT. And so what that means is, is that, you know, in many cases, IT is doing everything they can to keep this current systems in place and working effectively, right? But these this new spend is in line of business. So if I'm an HR leader, I want to make sure that I'm reaching out to the head of sales or the head of finance or the head of uh, marketing, et cetera. And I want to do that because I want to understand um, and be empathetic and have corporate empathy for my colleagues, right? Yeah. And I think if they take it from that perspective, they'll get very deep into, well, what's, it, what's the life of a sales rep? What's that actually like? And how do you actually do it? Okay, you drive 45 minutes to get to the client. <clears throat> what's it like when you get there? Okay, well, they're talking to me. The customer's frustrated because they've got some issue with some other product that isn't my product, but it's my peer's product. And how do I communicate that? How do I get that resolved? Because they need that resolved before they'll talk about my product, right? Yeah. All of those are real problems, right? And you got to think through that and go, well, how do I give this remote employee that's right now sitting in front of a customer? I desperately want to take care of this customer issue. And I need this employee to be empowered to be able to very quickly figure out who their peer is that sold this other product, figure out what the problem is and the issue. Maybe it was a shipping logistics problem, right? How do I figure that out? How do I resolve it? And get back to what this employee's goal and task was so we can make everybody more effective and efficient and ultimately have a better customer experience. Well, uh, one last question before we wrap up. Um, what are some of the resources that you would recommend for somebody in an HR uh, or maybe a communications position or, or customer experience, employee experience, who's interested in learning more about this, this let's call it convergence of technology and the employee experience? So one of the things I'd recommend is... Um, on our website, we can actually go to vmware.com forward slash employee dash experience. And you can find a lot more information there on some of the stuff that we're doing. There's also various YouTube videos and other things you can kind of see art of possible kind of stuff um, and get ideas as to what great experiences you might want to leverage and what, how you might want to tweak some of those things to make it better fit your company. The other thing I'd recommend is obviously your book, The uh, Center of Experience. I think there's a great blueprint in there for a lot of companies to map to. So in other words, figure out where are all the voices that need to be heard and how do I build that into a continual kind of process instead of just a one-time event, it has to be continual. And you'll, con I would also almost think about it like a minimum viable product perspective, like a lot of startups do. Okay. What's the minimal thing we can do right now just to make it better today, tomorrow. And each day think of how do we make it better um, as we go through the process. 
continually make it better over time. You need something, uh, a tool set, a platform that you can kind of grow into versus grow out of. That's great. Well, yeah. And uh, thanks so much for plugging my book. I I'm going to have to have you back um, <laughs> on the show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, Josh, thanks so much for joining. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for people to keep up with what you're doing and, and what VMware is doing? Thanks again for having me. And I think one of the best ways to keep up with us is to um, we have a go to the employee experience uh, website that I mentioned. And there's also a number of blogs that we have. Um, that are also specifically around like remote work and other kind of concepts that we've talked about here. And you'll continually see updates on that as we go. Great, great. Well, again, I'd like to thank Josh Olson, head of Experience Solutions Sales Americas at VMware for joining the show. Uh, to learn more about both employee and customer experience, I recommend you go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and make sure to check out my latest book, The Center of Experience. More information is available on my website or wherever the book is available, like Amazon. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.